Hello, my name is Makani Kikahuna, and welcome to the show. Yes, uh, thank you, thank you, Makani, for that wonderful introduction. He introduces podcasts so well, don't you agree? Um, this is Gino Ray, host of Native As I Can Be, Between Two Cultures. Um, this is uh, episode number 10. Um, that's... that's uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go ahead and be a little bit proud of that at the moment, because um, uh, this is the kind of thing I normally would have uh, thrown in the towel a while ago. But um, uh, I think uh, because of what I'm putting out into the universe, as I uh, talked about in the last episode I had with Kenji about kind of how I pray and how I kind of put what I want or need out into the universe and, and kind of see if it boomerangs back. Um, I've been sort of uh, praying on, meditating on um, success in this podcast and success to me uh, right now means that I'm keeping going and producing episodes once a week and um, so far I've done that and uh, so I'm I'm successful to this point and I just feel like it's uh only going to get bigger here as uh as uh time progresses so um yeah uh i i really hope you listened to last week's episode with uh ostrid castro about uh transracial adoption that was a really interesting episode um talking about her uh essentially being stolen from her mother in colombia and uh, being adopted by a white family and then, you know, eventually reuniting with her mom and, um, her, her birth biological mom, birth mom. Um, so, uh, that, that was a, that was a great episode that that's, um, that might be my most favorite so far. I'm not sure. Um, uh, but if you haven't listened to, um, definitely go check it out and, uh, uh, see if you pick up anything new about uh, adoption or uh, transracial adoption or just listen to it because it's an interesting story. Uh, so this week we're gonna be I'm gonna be chatting with Scott Morgan who is a uh, I actually met him on the set of the librarians. Um, we were both uh, extras on that show. Um, playing goons, I think we were. So we had uh, leather jackets, and I think he had a bandana and fake, you know, plastic weapons and stuff like that. And uh, Richard Kind was on that episode. Um, you should Google him. He's not a name you'd recognize immediately, but as soon as you see him, you'll go, oh, that guy. And he was hella cool. Um, really cool guy. He was really funny. He kind of came and ate with us extras instead of sitting with uh, Rebecca Romaine, who was the big star of that show. Um, but anyway, so uh, what I'm going to be talking to Scott about this week is life uh, on reservations. He lived on one, um, and he's going to just give me some insight cause, because I never did. Um, all I hear is uh, stories and what I've read and uh, seen on documentaries and whatnot. And 
the timing of this episode is funny is because I just finished a book called On the Res. Uh, it's by Ian Frazier. And he basically chronicles some time he spent on the Pine Ridge Reservation. Um, he he kind of traveled back and forth and uh, became friends with with some people there. And he's a white guy. Um, so, I don't know. A little ironic to me, I guess, that I read a book about living on a reservation written by a white guy. But that seems to be uh, the case uh, when it comes to natives and white men so um yeah scott uh we are um i would call us acquaintances at this point because we met on the show we've kind of stayed in touch but uh uh you know we don't we don't necessarily hang out or even talk all that often but um i thought he would be a good person to have uh, on the show that could tell me about reservation life tell everybody about reservation life that has never uh lived on one or or been on one or um i think he is just a good person to kind of give an overview um as to what res life is like um and just kind of tell his story growing up um and uh how he left the res and how he eventually came back and uh I'm I'm definitely excited. This will be a, a good episode. I'm, I think I'm going to learn a whole lot about Res Life and about about Scott too. Um, so, uh, and by the way, the little baby Che, little baby Chaveo, is napping a couple feet away from me. So, uh, I'm I'm over here with my fingers crossed, putting out into the universe that Che stays asleep while I record this uh, episode. Because it's just me and him at the moment. So, uh, anyways, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you are a new listener that uh, saw my recent paid Facebook advertisement, welcome to the show. Thank you for for coming on by. Uh, so let's uh, let's go find out about Res Life with Scott Morgan. Let's go. <laughs> okay everybody welcome uh to the show i'm sitting here or actually i'm on the phone with uh scott morgan scott how's your weekend going my weekend was good and yeah everybody so uh we we met on the set of the librarians where we played goons how many uh in in your list of acting credits, how many of them were sort of goons or thugs or something of that nature? Uh, librarians was the first goon biker um, type role that you know uh, I was able to actually enjoy because that's I like dressing that way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, we had a, a really good bunch of uh, um, characters. That, we stood out, you know. You know, you did. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I was the the most clean cut looking goon there's ever been. I think my uh, hair was cut all short and slicked back. Yeah, it was. Um, did you ever watch that episode back? Yeah, uh, season three, episode two, I believe. And that's the one with Richard Kind. Richard Kind, yeah, he was such a nice guy. 
He was very. And he ate lunch with everybody. Like you know, I was just a regular person. Right. Yeah, I was just saying I I recorded a little intro a second ago, and uh, I was saying that he came in he came in ate with the extras. Like he was just way chill and was asking everybody where they were from. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's cool. And I was saying, yeah, you might not recognize the name Richard Kind, but if you Google him, you'll immediately recognize him. He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's kind of. Um... Sometimes a name doesn't click, but when you see the face, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, life on the reservation. And, uh, of course, I've never lived on a reservation. Uh, but before we jump into that, why don't we talk – you can tell us a little bit about sort of where you grew up and, and kind of how uh, traditional or untraditional your upbringing was and um, just kind of give us a little background. Okay. Um, from age one to about seven, I lived with my grandmother in, uh, in Sawmill, Arizona. Well, um, my mom and dad um, attended college. I believe BYU was my father. My mother went to uh, business college in Los Angeles. And so. And they're both native? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. First of all, I should introduce myself. Okay, sure. My and so, uh, so what language were you speaking there, and what did you say? Um, Diné or Navajo, Athabascan um, language dialect. Yeah, the Navajo co talkers, you know, World War Two. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a difficult language. I mean, I I I I can understand it, but it's hard for me to pronounce some of the words that you know because I've been away from. Um, let me back up. Uh, from one to seven, I lived with my grandmother. There's a lot of traditional ways that we did. You know, she <clears throat> gathered the wool, uh, um, the wool. You know, used a spindle. I remember she made a, a big old um, to, to, to spread it out so she could make a blanket. And you know, she would eventually sell them to uh, um, people in, in border towns. And then we have uh, oh, um, a type of shaded um, outside structure you know covered with leaves it's like you know because it gets really hot out there in Arizona sure. some of Arizona is like um, it's, it's on top of the Defiance Plateau and approximately about 6,500 feet high up oh wow yeah and beautiful out there and anyways and, and then from 2011 to 2015-ish I stayed, I went back to the reservation and regrouped with uh, uh, my father's side of the family. I haven't, you know, met, met too many of them. And during that stay, a lot of, a lot of things happened that I, I can't explain, or maybe, maybe I should not have to worry about explaining because it's something that you just cherish, you know, for, you know, you're going to cherish for the rest of your life, you know? So your, was your grandma on the reservation? Yeah. She, she was um, when you were a kid. You were, so you you kind of 
And weren't yeah. you saying that you didn't even speak English for uh, until you actually left the reservation? Yeah, when I when I was about, about seven, my parents came and told actually a mother. And I guess during that time, my mother and father had divorced, but my mom came and picked me up and took me back to uh, the first place city we lived in was Maywood, California. And uh, but that's. Uh, I remember, I remember the street almost, I think. Anyways, I went to Loma, Loma Vista um, school. And I didn't speak English, but I eventually learned. And people would help me, and then my mother uh, sent me to acting school or acting classes throughout until, like, you know, I got a grasp of how to um, communicate. <laughs> yeah. So what was the... Uh, the um racial makeup of the school in california it can be kind of diverse how, how uh yeah yeah mostly see during the 70s or 60s yeah 70s early 70s it was mostly uh, uh it was it was tough uh, i didn't notice it when i was in kindergarten or first grade or nothing like that i didn't notice i guess but i do there, there was you know caucasians a lot but where i grew up middle school and high school that was a Southgate Watts area over there by um, see the surrounding cities are Downey Linwood Compton and Watts that's where I grew up and uh, South Central junior high and high school yeah did you wear your hair long back then yeah yeah I I never really cut it short I cut it I does cut it once but I I didn't like it yeah but um, the diversity there is mostly Latino. Watts, possibly, you know, was mostly uh, African American. So, and then three miles the other way was mostly Caucasian. It's just how it was back then. Right. Yeah. But now it's um, it's no longer uh, it's diversity. You know, all, all walks of life live there now. So. Well, I read that Los Angeles actually has uh, one of the highest uh, native populations in uh, native cities, or not native cities, uh, you know, the larger American cities. It actually has one of the highest populations of natives. Um, So was there any uh, incidents where you ever teased or anything like that about your hair or anything like that? No, because I guess during that time, a lot of the other kids were, you know, having uh, long hair. Too, so I kind of get right in <laughs> actually uh, that's lucky uh, yeah but um yeah that's something about the hair well yeah. I, I'm kind of jumping around here I should have asked this before so no, no. the the first the first time you were on the res and you were living with your grandma and you and you said it was fairly traditional upbringing yeah. was yeah. it just was it just you guys living there or was there other family members staying there at the same time um, me and Grandma lived on in some of Arizona, and I guess where crossroads meet, you know, the um, the main road in the town. And we lived in a two room bungalow. Um, I remember it's aqua with red trim, and we had an outhouse, and we were on a corner lot. And she drove, and she worked for the government, and we would drive around all the reds to check on the elders. Or, you know, make sure they had their rations of some sort. I remember 
share trunk full of food. So. Oh, like commodities? Yeah, there you go, yeah. And I'd always go with her, but I had to, you know. So, I remember bits and pieces, but I remember driving a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. would you would you say with like a so she worked for the government or she worked for the tribe or was it both? I, I think for the BIA. Oh okay. Yeah, that's what I, I, I recall. So how do you think your guys? Uh, would you guys say you were doing better financially or or worse or was or do you remember? We were. Um, well, you know, we never. I never got hungry or. I always had, you know, roof over my head. Um, that's how I guess I'm, we were doing okay. Yeah. You know, she, we drove all over and she had a nice, you know, good running vehicle. I think it was a Ford Falcon at the time. <laughs> oh, nice. No, Grand Torino. Grand Torino. Yeah. Oh, Grand Torino. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, look like now. <laughs> because, uh, you, I, I, you hear about this and this, of course, for me is secondhand because I didn't grow up on a reservation, but that, that there can be kind of, uh, you know, jealousies or, you know, kind of uh, pettiness if, if somebody in the, the res is doing better than, than another person yeah. on the res. So I was just wondering yes. if you... Yes, and that, maybe you, yeah. Maybe you don't remember that from as a kid, but maybe when you went back, if you noticed that uh, a little yeah. more. Yeah, I get... I get, um, I get told... <laughs> that time to time because uh, the way I um, I don't know when I went back in 2011 I didn't actually fit in mm-hmm. kind of but I was you know a Navajo also and it was a lot slower from city life and you know you guys should catch on and you know adapt to it and you know just get along but as far as being accepted when I first got there I had a friend that um, traveled with me, and that person was uh, half uh, native and half um, Caucasian, and that didn't go too well for for, for that person. And but she eventually, you know, found um, she ended up staying there for a while. So. Uh, what what was uh, what was she bumping into that was hard, uh, or he or she I should say. Uh, a type of racism, uh, a little bit. It, it's just how it is over there, I guess. When a new person comes in, you know, um, like for example, if one of the kids left, went to college out out in, in the states, and then returned with a degree. And it would be shunned from the family, some of the family members, not all. Um, you know, the jealousy and, you know, you think you're better than us or better than us now, you know. So, you know, they're like, no, I, I went to school to help my family. You know, that's what he or she wanted. wanted. So, yeah, it happens. If, uh, there's a professor at the NA College that, um, that told me that they call it the crab pot effect or, yeah, crab pot effect. You know, like a crab crawling up and trying to get out because it's boiling water, and then one grabs and brings you down. And that's the example he used. But yeah, I see it. I see it time to time. It's not fair, but well, it's interesting, and and uh, yeah. it, that um, 
I think natives on the whole would be a, we are sort of a united front and I think we would all, uh, have each other's back, you know, but I think when you kind of, yeah, we're not necessarily like pitted against each other, but no, you no. know, there's a, there's like a, uh, a stigma, you know, that if you, if you, and this is all, of course, what I've heard that you leave the res and then come back, you know, there's a little bit of a, uh, a stench to you, not an uh, actual, but you yeah. know, there's going to be whispers and there's going to be, he, you know, he thinks oh, he's yeah. better than us. And I, I don't understand, I understand it, but I don't like it or agree with it. I, I think what they see is that, um, you know, my cousin or my nephew or whoever, um, has lost his traditional, you know, upbringing. That's what they think, I believe. And when I first got there and, you know, I just carried on the way I'm now, I mean, you know, my aunt told me, you know, quote unquote, drug dandy, but quit acting white. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know any other way. Right. But it's kind of being around after about six months or a year. I started, you know, catching um, catching on to some of the lingo, you know, that mm-hmm. they were using. You know, just you know, uh, especially around college kids, because I was uh, like a resident advisor and stuff like that, and it was just interesting just being there and different. Uh, kids come in from different areas that have different lingos of some sort. It's kind of weird. But different areas of the reservation? Yeah, you know, not everybody talks the same, you know. It's like, for example, somebody, uh, you know, Europe's got the German, you know, uh, Swiss, England, and they talk basically the same type. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, but you know what I mean. But yeah. it, it, it means different. It sounds different. Right. It's yeah. funny that, it's just funny to me that even within a reservation, which that there would be different lingos in different parts of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I don't think a reservation is being that big, but, um, yeah. Well, what, what, um, prompted you to go back in back to the reservation? Oh, I just wanted to get re reinvent. Well, I was, you know, in a phase of just, I want to know. There's something in the back of my head. Like I want to know. Like I need to know stuff. Yeah. You know, and I had some time. You know, it's like okay, it's a good time to go. So I went. Friend traveled with me, and um, it's like walking down the road. Like, uh, did a lot of hitchhiking, but this is how it is over there. You know, and yeah. they know you. You know, there's it's it's a ride. You know, because. Nearest, um, like Walmart, uh, border town, about 75 miles away from where I was at. So, if you wanted to, you know, go shopping, it would take a whole day just to, you know, yeah. get everything. Supplies. And there's still people there that, you know, still have to pump their own water and stuff. Right. You know? And the traditional live way back in the, um, you know, in the woods. You know, if you're not home, to put a boot on top of the fence, and nobody's going to come and rob you or nothing like that. You know, that's so how they let people know that they're not home yeah. is they stick a, a rubber boot yeah. out on a fence post. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Stuff like that. Or 
each each uh, family member has a different, I don't know, cliche of, or an object to show that they were there. Maybe I've heard I've heard I've heard that you know, and there's a always a bond, even though somebody's doing bad or somebody's you know out of sorts. For some families, out you know they got your back you know unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's I noticed that. And that's a, that's, uh, I'm glad that happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, who who were you staying with this second time around? Uh, when I first got there, I stayed with my brother for about six months. My brother's also half um, in Navajo and and Chairman. Uh, so did yeah. he did he stay? Had yeah. He... He's lived there, and he uh, mostly stayed on the reservation most of his life. I mean, he's lived out in the States before, but he decided to, um, you know, get his lease lot or, you know, each uh, Navajo member gets like a, uh, a lease lot or some land, you know, that you, that's yours. That you can mm-hmm. build on, and it's just uh, transfer it down to, like, the oldest son. Like when I went back, I got some land and I got, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's beautiful too. It's, I was like, are you kidding me? A little bit of little canyon, uh, it's, it's on top of the aquifer, a uh, hundred foot ponderosa pines and oh, it's 60, uh, the four seasons. I mean, there's a couple of years where the, uh, I think one year, 94, I believe, the military had to drop off supplies to for my aunts and uncles that lived up there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess rough. You need a four-wheel drive, but yeah. <clears throat> but when I first got to the res, uh, I got there and I knew my brother and I eventually ran into my father's side and when they heard I was around, you know, they were very curious what I've been up to and my father had since then passed in 2006. He passed away, so... That's the last time I was up there, and it seems like, you know, part of me don't want to find out where I was, you know, my identity, I guess, and not just go there just because, you know, somebody passed away, or, you know, a family member. Yeah. So I, you know, that's another reason to it, so. Um, but I'm glad I went, and I can go again, you know, um, I plan on going you know, next summer, yeah, and and you know they're uh, my father's side of the family. They're pretty, they're pretty intelligent people. I mean, mm-hmm. one's a principal, one's a uh, uh, professor at Arizona State University. You know, yeah. And of course, every family has you know another side of the family. You still you know care about them. You know, right? Yeah. Unless I noticed that they they do that, you know, we love you, you know, you got an addiction, addiction or something. Just be careful. We hope nothing happens. But what can you do? You know, I mean, yeah, it's it's got to be up to the person. You know, it's, it's a choice. And I I I myself, you know, addiction can also be uh, uh, in. in brought in with the genes or some sort I fear oh yeah absolutely yeah, also 
it's it's a choice too you know what i'm saying kind of sort of yeah i agree yeah well and i think especially uh, this is I, I mean i think for native people with especially alcohol yeah i mean it hasn't been i mean it's relatively new to native people yeah it's it's, it's only a couple generations deep that we've uh you know been imbibing and i just don't think uh, we i just don't think we have uh we're just not wired to handle it very well. Right. We, we can't metabolize it. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of like an allergic reaction somewhat in some natives because some natives that came, um, you know, over the Bering Strait, this third wave, you know, mm-hmm. had Asian de- uh, de- descent. And they're yeah. allergic, you know, to right. some alcohol. So it's a double whammy. Now metabolize it so the alcohol is still in your system and it just stays in there, stays in there. Eventually, sweat it out. So we wait, you know. Yeah. But you, it's a slow metabolize. It's not just. It's not you can't. And I think as you grow older, or like you said, a couple generations, it'll get better. You know. You know, the European um, brothers and sisters they've been at it probably thousands of years. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have had my my issues. Uh, I don't drink anymore, and um, but you know, especially when my with my uh, son passed away, I was long gone. I was way deep. But uh, but uh, one of the things I'm grateful for in life is that you know I'm 39 years old and I I got a handle on it now. You know, and and it's not taking me till I'm 60 or 70 to figure out that you know booze isn't working for me, but. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, alcohol. It took so many family members since I was there. I mean, a handful, all because of you know impaired judgment or health reasons. But it's a it's, it's not good for us. <laughs> yeah. You know? So when you yeah. went when you went back the second time, um, was there anything that kind of stood out to you compared to to your first time did it had it changed had it improved uh well you know kind of what it's not really your first impression but what was like your new impression when you went back they built more structures that were you know new hospitals new schools and some new uh government housing type uh buildings for families and so yeah it's more, um, more, uh, I don't know, modern. <laughs> There's a road that wasn't paved before that's paved, that, you know. And I know, one thing that I noticed the most probably is uh, the landscape. It's breathtaking sometimes. And I, I, I didn't notice it, you know. Well, I actually can go venture out like, you know, like I was, as an adult, but... Um, I, lo- I like geology and, you know, I started, there's Tyrannosaurus wrecked bones in the area. Wow. Oh, wow. It's a, there's an uplift that shot up um, like 60, about 60 million years ago and it just shot up. That's, that's when everything was changing or, you know, when they right. asked or, you know, and we're, uh, top of the, what they call a craton they call it you know it's a big old thing that this united states and it's like 
like the Rockies. That's why they're getting picked up because it's smashing against each other. So, right. Incredible force. Can't imagine. But yeah, the landscape is what kept me. I didn't plan to stay in that long, you know, but it, the landscape it kept me there. I think, you know, the canyon, the shade, um, you know, long time you know, that used to be the bottom of the ocean in some parts. You know, ship rock and wonder mm. rock but yeah it's beautiful and I think that's uh, I'm proud of the land that you know we have thankful it's beautiful well um, so I think if uh, you were if you're talking about if you're picturing in your head kind of a uh, stereotypical reservation I think a lot of people would sort of would think of uh like pine ridge reservation which is you know routinely one of the poorest counties in the entire country and i think uh kind of the the picture of it is you know the 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 broken down cars and the the you know um so if you were to compare those two is is your reservation anything like pine ridge Mm, no but the alcoholism um like like i'm like i'm on pine ridge just that's just like this probably the same sadly but true you know but as far as you know being poor i think there's a lot of families that work together you know up here the states were so individualized, you know. But back there, and there's more jobs. Um, they there's a lot of government. Um, you know, if you get a degree, you basically you don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's up. You know, it's not bad. It's more on the good side. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Positive. Economy wise, but I've always wondered why they, they still won't allow us to have businesses of our own. I, I never followed up on that, but. On the reservation, uh, you mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, for example, I, there's a, uh, there's no alcohol, there's no alcohol around on the reservation, but there's uh, a place on the reservation that you can go buy it. So, and that makes sense. So, I, I, what I found out is a long time ago they had, they call it a checkerboard. And it, families or people from anywhere can buy, you know, parcels of land. And then they call it a checkerboard because it'd be any land, uh, their parcel, blah, blah, blah. So, on their parcel, they can, their, their laws for businesses pertains to what's out here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they can put up anything or they got approved and that was kind of weird <laughs> so it's a section of land that's that's on the reservation but that is no longer owned by the tribe yeah and they can and, and they can come put whatever they want on it well no essentially I mean, not yeah. at, not whatever they want but yeah huh. yeah they um, a lot of them have uh, like car shops, um, liquor stores, um, little, like, like, uh, AMPM type stores, you know, um, 
they have now are workers, but I know it's that, you know. But the owners are, you know, they, their tax laws and all that, it's like out here. Because I think, I can't remember when, but um, when the land or was available or something, they people, settlers can buy parcels or not that far back. I'm thinking, you know, uh, 50s or 60s or something like that. And that, I think that's when it happened. But I'm not sure for sure exactly, but that's why they can sell uh, alcohol on that part of the reservation, which is typically still the reservation, you know? Right. I, that just seems, uh, I don't know, that rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they, if, uh, how should I put this? When it comes to alcohol, people get really risky. <laughs> they, yeah. they have, like, checkpoints, you know, what they'll, uh, have a, um, a surprise checkpoint and there's a line back because um, around that store you know, there's always it's kind of scary you know because there are drunk drivers out there and yeah, you know I've seen people drive off the road and just like wow it's not even noon yet right <laughs> yeah. oh man well it just, yeah it just seems a little you know unscrupulous to to go buy land on a on a reservation and sell liquor on it. I mean that's uh yeah. that that doesn't seem very ethical to me. Um it's all about the, the green money. Yeah, the know. big mamu. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um I know that's one thing I stood out too. Well, here's some uh, just kind of st- some stats I pulled just sort of about reservation life. And uh, 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 this is for all reservations, but 22% of the 5.2 million natives live on a reservation. Uh, and 28% of those are below the poverty line. Um, no, I'm sorry. That's 28% of all natives. And then 38 to 63% of natives on reservations are below the poverty line so um and i and i that's kind of what i was kind of alluding to with the pine ridge thing and and other reservations is there's some um some pretty tough living conditions on a lot of those uh reservations and you have you know several generations living in one house uh that may or may not have electricity and um right right uh, they, um, each, um, on our reservation, there's sections, uh, or they call them chapters, and every month they have chapter meetings, and then anybody that lives that needs electricity, you know, they'll, they'll all, they all get together and figure it out and um, eventually get it to them. So it's available if you belong to a certain chapter, you know, it's just... You just got to do the footwork, and, and they wouldn't have. Right. They don't have yeah. it because 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 it got cut off or it wasn't. Um, it wasn't probably um, put up yet, or it's on its way, or you know, um, yeah, a new homestead, a home site. Ah, okay. But there's a whole bunch of traditional people that don't use electricity. They just use the kerosene lamp, the outhouse, and they're perfectly fine with it. And 
you know, they have the sheep grazing. Uh, that's one thing too, is that land's getting overgrazed. So that's another story, but um, yeah, they, they prefer not to uh, have to pay for light or something. They say something in Navajo, I can't recall, but. Hmm, that's interesting. That they would just prefer to live that way. I, I don't know. That sounds tempting sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you probably don't have to hear about mass shootings if you're out living with a kerosene lamp and you know tending to your sheep. Yeah. Uh, uh, probably looking. They they go to uh, squaw dances. They call them, but they used to call them that back in the day. Now they call it something different because what squat means or some sort of something. Yeah. But right. that was like their, you know, their weekly time together, you know, uh, all the traditional members would get together and drum and have fun, you know, no alcohol. Uh, and just the community, uh, some chapter hangs out here, chapter hangs out over there. I remember uh, doing that when I was with Grandma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's always a main house that everybody, the uh, whole family would meet at. You know, you know what I mean? Kinda, yeah. Yeah. So I, I talked to a guy who was Shoshone Paiute, but grew up on the Navajo Reservation, um, and he actually knew more Navajo traditions than Shoshone. Uh, you know Shoshone Paiute traditions, and and uh, this is kind of like what we were saying earlier. Sometimes you know um, the Navajo peoples would flip him shit about not being Navajo, you know, right. and it's this kind of infighting. So, um, uh, what traditions did you grow up more with? Um, I didn't learn traditions too much when I was younger, but when I came back um, I know you know I learned about you know who our creator was or spider woman they call her or the hero twins you know the four directions uh, a certain element and there's even four mountains that surround the Navajo reservation that um, we go by too there's stories that I hear, you know, pertaining to that area or uh, chapter. There's also, um, you know, sad stories of family members, you know, passing away. And there's also good times of, uh, you know, the grandkids graduating. And there's also the time to speak about, you know, the, the, the supernatural Type stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's. I didn't. I'm. A, I'm. I'm a. It's hard for me to believe some of the stuff that you know they they claim. You can also. If you don't have to see it, you can feel it and hear it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's. Uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that. I've, I've seen or I've heard um, and it's all 
done with, uh, I think, the energy of the family that they bring together. You know, you bring your energy together and you can uh, do some uh, you know, miracles, actually. Can you give? Can you share an example? Are you comfortable sharing an example of something like that? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, there was a ten-year-old and a, I believe a six-year-old. No, ten-year-old and a twelve-year-old that that uh, they're out in the lake and they're on a canoe and it tipped over and they drowned. And you know, I heard about it and then the next couple three days they have a um they get together memorial talk you know families mm-hmm. and i was i was driving the kids to take them shopping for a weekly grocery trip and uh i'm driving looking beautiful hot day on a cloud in the sky and then one of the kids said, hey, look over there, it's so-and-so, you know, and then one of them said that that's for the boys, you know, that passed away or drowned. And there was this one single uh, cloud, one single dark cloud uh, hovering over the area. Mm-hmm. This one, it was low, because uh, that area had a sandy, um, like a bottom of the ocean, and then it rose up, so what the shore used to be about, I'd say about 250 feet. And then it goes to um, forest or the, um, what do they call them, the Cheska Mountains. And um, yeah, so, and the cloud was lower than uh, the mountain. I mean, you know, it's just, i like, wow. And, and, and the cloud was above where yeah, the, the two kids yeah. had, had passed away? Yeah. So did it feel like a negative thing, or was it? Yeah, they they, they acted like it was nothing, and I'm like, they brought the clouds. Was, yeah, you know, they bring they can bring uh, medicine and can bring clouds. Oh, okay. So, kind of, I I couldn't fathom it at the time, but after a while, I believe I, I believe it now. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's it just happens. The supernatural, they. they uh, linger right make your presence known and it's not only to um you know like around the college for example there was some stuff happening and the people that lived there most of their life they weren't uh, you know bothered by it or nothing it's like oh he's just unhappy or something or he's maybe he's bored like Mm -hmm. making a joke of it but the type of entity that they claim it could be um, you know, they call them skinwalkers, they call them uh, gins, they call them um, souls that that were, they, they belong there or something, you know. Yeah. So, then, and they don't, they're not scared of other, or nothing, they don't fear it. Right. And it doesn't, you know, hurt you. Or it can, but it doesn't, it might be one of the family members, who knows, you know. And I, I, I finally started to investigate, and I went. I I had this uh, while I was this is at the college, and I had a dog, a wolf Malibu mix, Maze Maverick, and he was the alpha dog in the area. So I took him with me, and 
you know, there was times I'd go through, well, walk about three or four miles through the trees, there's nothing out there, and we hear stuff, but we can't see it, you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of curious, curiosity, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I wanted to find out some stuff, so I come across some house and uh, talk to some elders, and I go, I heard stories of so, you know, so-and-so, you know, uh, type of skinwalker of some sort. They're all, oh, yeah, you know, just, um, they pointed up on the ridge and, and they don't say, uh, speak English too well, but they, you get, you get what they're saying. Yeah. You know, that's where he stays or that's where, you know, that's basically, that's where the ridge is where yeah. he's at. But they don't tell anybody, nobody knows because, you know, they're, they're kind of protecting each other and this feeling I get. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so uh, Well, that's the thing about, um, uh, you know, like the cloud and, and those kinds of yeah, things. Like, yeah. you know, you can't ever uh, prove anything, right, you know, right. science, scientifically or with, but you cannot disprove a vibe or a feeling or a hunch, you know, and uh, and I think that natives are, uh, especially elders and more traditional uh, members of the tribe, I think are very well spiritually con- connected. Yes, and they and are, yes. and is and if you have uh, like those elders have, if you have a, a good understanding of of that realm, then there really isn't much need uh, to be afraid of it. Right, right. Yeah, there's uh, there's not only um natives but you know people that like for example around the area they have um, like a hospital and a lot of um, Navy and Air Force but mostly Navy uh, medical interns are done there and they see stuff and they're you know it's not just uh, us but yeah you know but I but as far as uh, I don't know I don't want to say telepathic or but a feeling you know mm-hmm. They know, you know, because the medicine men—they're—they're they're the ones that know how to take you, to, uh, go to the spirit world and ask, you know, to, for healing of, of whoever wants um, to be healed, you know. Yeah. You know, and then uh, on the college, um, like one, I think once a month during the summertime, with good weather time, um, they have uh, Native American church where the kids can experience it, and you know. Uh, do peyote too oh wow yeah and I never tried it because I didn't I don't know I'm not ready yet because my, my 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 dad's side family they, they they're uh, all sorts of religions like Mormon a Catholic and Native American church so and then I guess that's something that's sacred and they, you know they still participate once in a while with the uh, peyote, uh, yeah, I've uh, never never dabbled in peyote myself. Uh, yeah, um, a little freaky. But I was told that it opens up your mind or your spirit world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think I'm ready for mine yet, but yeah, yeah, 
Uh, but what I what, but what I'm due over uh, overdue for is my mid, my midlife um, blessing way ceremony, I guess they call it. And and what is that? What does that entail? You know, it's uh, one of the myths state that you know we used, we should be able to live to 102 years old. Every one of us, 102. So like you know, 50s halfway they. You know, remind they remind you and our creator. You know, keep us healthy and you know, basically renew the um, spirit. The spirit, uh, yeah, renew it. Huh? I yeah. have I have never heard of that. Yeah, I mean, they have an enemy way blessing, blessing, you know, blessing way. And they have canaldas for when you know, like for example, uh, like a bar mitzvah for a child going into adulthood or some sort. They have one for girls and they have one for boys. Mm-hmm. And you know, they do stuff like that. Well, I thought it was interesting. I didn't know that. So with uh, so this is kind of interesting. So I was painting a picture of reservations in my head and then talking to you about yours and it doesn't quite match up with what I had in my head. So, uh, what do you think are common misconceptions about reservation life in general or living on a reservation? Um, well, we still have to pay federal taxes. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, so our our tribe is too big that we don't get any kind of monies of any kind, even though we have casinos and all that. But mm-hmm. we, I guess, the money goes to um, infrastructures like schools and stuff, and hospitals, and uh, maybe a helicopter. That's another thing. I don't understand why they have such a big, vast, uh, you know, emergencies. Mm-hmm. It takes hours for somebody to get to, you know? Yeah. Why don't you just get a couple helicopters, you know? Life flights. They have one, but that comes from the border towns. So you're saying that, like, not every member of the tribe gets, like, a per capita check once a year? No. Nah, something like that? No. I think we saved the, uh, we have billions of, money, of, of dollars but it's in a trust or it's in the bank or mm-hmm. we're not ready to, you know, save it. Everybody agrees. They vote on it. Yeah. Save it, save it, save it, save it, save it. So and that's from a, a lawsuit against the government. I can't remember for what, but it's always some probably natural resources type stuff. That's uh, I, I'm going to have to look into that. We, we get one every year from our uh, casino and we have like a truck stop. And it's like a hundred bucks, so oh, nobody's nobody's balling off of that. You know, it's usually like, oh, good, that came just in time to pay my cell phone bill. You know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I'm, I haven't seen or heard of anybody getting any money. So, so the money is kind of a misconception. Is there anything else? Is there anything like kind of the lifestyle or? Uh, there's obviously more to it than. Uh, drunk Indians driving down the street backwards yeah. in a backwards yeah. in a car you know right right 
Well, no, there is race cars. I can tell you, you know, there's a lot of race cars, um, and they're still sitting there. I mean, there's yeah. uh, a 39 Mercury sitting inside a road that somebody can restore, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, um, but you get used to it, and I think it's part of the town now, you know? It's part, anyways, of, the, part of the town now? Yeah, you know, the, um, like, they have towns out, you know, far from each other, and then the car is like, you know, uh, meet me at the, at the, Grand Torino or something. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Different stuff like the tree. You know, when they say tree, they, the locals know where it's at, but a newcomer would be like, what? Yeah. You know, tree? I don't know. It took me a while to get used to it, but I eventually did. And it was good to have people remember me from when I was young, you know, six, mm-hmm. seven years old. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's funny because when I go down to Klamath Falls, where I'm from, there it's the same thing, and they still, you know, they still call me Little Gino down there. I'm six foot, you know, two twenty, but I'm still Little Gino to to those guys because you know that's what they remember me as. Uh, so, what was the, what was like the hardest adjustment after you when you came back to make to oh, to res life. When I came back to Portland? When you went back to the res the second time. Oh, the second time? Um, After, you, you know, you've been out in the in the, in the, in the real world or the, the, the foreign country that is the United States. Um, the one that time slowed down a lot. You know, like, uh, out here, I, 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 I can go to grocery store safely you know get groceries in a couple hours out there it'll take all day <laughs> yeah and if you don't have a car you know there's people hitchhiking there's um you know it's just survive survival out there but there's also um i noticed um a generation that's a lot more responsible as in, um, you know, there's uh, play time and there's work time type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, um, and I know the kids, the younger kids, there's more, there's, I, I think if you have, if they have a good family, you know, foundation, you know, these kids will do good. The ones that, or not is because the parents, you know, uh, divorced, died, or died from drinking or whatever. But yeah, it's hard for them. But they have programs to where you know, like uh, here they have Big Brother type things. And but they have uh, that, that'll advocate to perform to help them, you know, because you know, I'm just glad they have stuff like that. And like for um, like. Uh, when it snows, there's people that out there that they're so into their addiction, they will drink and they, they don't care if they freeze or get cold. You know, just, you always hear about the body, you know, yeah. freezing. And then what now, what they have, what I noticed back there is they had like throughout the town of, of Gallup, New Mexico, the drunk city, USA, that town. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of now, I was you know, go down there and drink and 
they have a, and then when it gets too cold, or if you're too drunk, they, these vans will drive around, and then they'll pick you up, and then take you to a facility and let you, you know, sleep, eat, until the next day. Yeah. And, you know, people, um, some rely on it, some are thankful that they have it, but they're still going, they, they still do it, you know. Well, that's that's better than a night in county jail. Yeah, for sure. But there's also a bad. Um, I think about for a years period, I I know of six people that have either um, died in their, because of their addiction or gotten killed by assault or and or ran over by a train. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of them was my best friend, and he, um, he he was attacked and left for dead. I don't I, I don't know the exact reason, but you know it doesn't it it takes only this one time because before that he was sober or you know he, he just didn't feel like drinking. You know, mm-hmm. then one time he went into you know border town. And he says, "Why not?" And, and uh, we drank, and then that happened. Like, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was a good. He was a good person, you know. Just, uh, people that you correspond with the day before, and the next day, you know, they're gone, like like nothing. Like, wow. It's, 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 it's yeah. It's just too close to home sometimes, you know. But yeah. Well, and I, this is, I, I've, I've talked to people about this before, um, how much uh, loss is a part of Native uh, life, whether you're on a reservation or not. And, you know, I was kind of running through the the things in my family where uh, my older sister, she died of an overdose and, and years later her son died of an overdose. And, um, and then kind of, you know the the thing with the getting hit by a train i had a cousin whose whose vehicle came to rest on a train track and you know nobody knows what i mean did he do it on purpose did he pass you know nobody knows but um and then my my aunt i mean there's just so much loss in our family and you know the way my dad and and me and my cousin kind of handled all that was to to drink you know and just try to bury it and mask it and uh you know back in the day traditionally there would be a ceremony to to deal with it you know and uh now we kind of just try to destroy ourselves and um that's just becoming a really it's just become a common thing in native culture i think unfortunately right yeah um Uh, yeah it was uh, wanted to reiterate um, that friend that went with me to the reservation um, she ended up coming back here to Portland also in Spartan um, the reason why she did the missing and murdered and women or something like that oh uh, yeah 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 uh, it's because when she was down there she had friends that you know were killed or something like that and I think that's one of the reasons why she did that or started or whatever she's doing I don't know she's she's started an organization mm-hmm. because what happened back there 
on res. And I think she's doing pretty good. Well, you're, you're going to have to uh, share my info because I was going to do an episode about missing and murdered indigenous women. So I think obviously she would be great to have on the show for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, missing. It's not only, you know, women. It's all, you know, children too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's another story. Uh, um, in California, you know, you know, I had a brother that was, you know, murdered and stuff, so that was, that was pretty rough. But, you know, it, it can happen anywhere. But it's more rampant um, on the rest because I think um, the alcohol, of course. Yeah. The impairment of thinking or being mindful is non existent. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of scary. But, um, yeah. Well, uh, now that we've thoroughly depressed everybody <laughs> this listening. Oh, there's, there's, um, there's good things there, too. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, as we kind of wrap this up, like, what kind of things, uh, traditions or anything that is practiced on the reservation or practiced by by natives in general what kind of things do you think could kind of be brought into the mainstream that would um you know be a benefit um if that makes Um, sense yeah um i think uh first uh their education and knowing yourself and not only on the stuff on the reservation but in the, in the world you know and, and uh, that's a couple of a couple of the students that I used to that they they told me that you know there's a whole new world out there's a different world but mm-hmm. they ended up liking it and living out there but and and, and going and one of them worked for NASA you or not oh wow yeah so you know I when I was back there at the college, I was a math tutor. And one of the things that we used to do in the summer is um, have kids come in that have never taken a freshman and get them ready for math. And, uh, you know, and they got really good at it pretty, really quick. And I was like, wow. So I guess we have a thing for numbers. I mm. noticed that down there. Yeah. Um, well, I think the idea that, uh, it's kind of a old saying, but you know, kind of the idea that it takes a village to to raise a child. And uh, I think if there was a little more community in the world at large, and a little more, you know, uh, not so much um, looking for differences in people, you know, if there was a little more looking for for things that are the same, I, I think. Uh, there would be a lot more harmony in the world and I think that's kind of a uh, yes yes um love I mean I mean when you love something it's not like you know I'm in love you know what I mean yeah you you just feel it's a feeling you get you know you get this uh burning but yet comfortable feeling in your in your in your core Mm-hmm. And it comes, it comes, 
sometimes it comes a lot and sometimes it doesn't it's, it's just you know you just know that I noticed uh, there's the gen- generation down there they're a lot more kinder and more educated and you know the way they speak to people it's a respectful way and you know it's just I think uh, we're heading in the right direction as far as venturing out, you mm-hmm. know, past the res, the res is home, it always be home. Yeah. And, yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's, uh, it could be a second home. There's a lot of, there's a lot of kids that went to college and came back and they have two homes, you mm-hmm. know, which is, I'm probably going to do in the future, but yeah, but, well, and I feel that way when I go to Klamath Falls. I mean, and, I, and I've never lived there. I mean, I the most I've spent is a few weeks. But I get there, and there's a there's an immediate calming. You know, yes. there's just this feeling that it's you know you're close to home. You feel it, and it's it's that intangible, you know, thing that you just you just feel that would be hard to describe to somebody, you know, unless they had felt it themselves. Um, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, when um when they, when they think res- reservation, they think desert, you know, just badlands. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a picture of postcard sceneries down there. You know, lakes and trees and snow, and then there's also the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> you yeah. know, the sand sandy part and stuff. Um. Well, I think. Uh we should go ahead and wrap this up. Um, thank you very much for, for uh, coming on the show, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. You know, um, um, Scott's going to send me a list of all the uh, places, the uh, movie and TV show credits he's been on. So uh, I'll post that when I post the episode, make sure you go uh, watch and look for him. And um, uh, yeah, just thanks again, man. Are you well? Very welcome. All right, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Yeah. Good night. Good night.